problems done. Just as long as we have a working weapon by the end of June. I haven't had a working weapon since Korea. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Cubicle Movie Review. Uh, this is PJ and Ken here. And if you couldn't tell, today we're going to be re- reviewing a movie that was released in 1985 called Real Genius. So this is one of the first theatrical releases for Val Kilmore. And the premise of this movie is basically follows uh, a couple of college students that are just really smart. They've basically been recruited by a professor to uh, create a weapon for the military without their knowing and then, of course, there's some hijinks as they find out, uh, you know, what they're being used for and how to get uh, revenge and get back at the professor and those in the uh, military that were using them for their knowledge without, you know, them knowing exactly what the whole intentions of it were. So we'll go ahead and kick it off uh, running through the movie. But um, it's, it's, I think it's a, a very clever movie uh, that was written uh, and... I think it starts out real great, just uh, based off of how it, you know there's the recruiting of the kids. So uh, Val Kilmer's character is already a student there, but then you have uh, uh, the younger student who's Mitch. I believe he's only 15 in the movie. He's played by Gabriel Jarrett. Um, so, um, but yeah, he's it first starts off just with him getting recruited at his high school and Professor Hathaway, uh, played by uh, William Atherton. Uh, just coming in and recruiting him and just some of the interactions there in regards to it, particularly uh, at the science fair that's going on at the, at the, um, at the high school when they meet. And I, I know this is a, an area where Kenneth really enjoyed the movie and thought it was pretty clever <laughs> on what they did. So, uh, so I, um, like PJ, I saw this movie, but I really don't have the, um, the history with it like he does. Or I hadn't seen it as many times as he had. I don't even remember watching the thing all the way through. Um, I remember bits and pieces of it as I was watching. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing I did notice right off the bat when I started the movie was uh, when they pan into the um, science fair at the beginning before you meet uh, Professor, um, what is it, Atherton? Uh, Hathaway. Hathaway, yeah. Uh, right before you meet him and they show him, he's kind of walking in and everybody's like, oh, wow, it's the professor. But one of the things he walks by, one of the experiments that he walks by was uh, how regular mice act compared to drunk mice. And they had a cage with with um, regular mice in it and a wheel, and they're running and they're being active and, you know, doing different things. And then you get to the one where the mice are drinking alcohol, and one's passed out on the wheel. Instead of doing exercise on it, he's just passed out, and his little mouse body's laying there. And then they have uh, another one that's, like, just taking drinks and then, like, just passes back out or whatever, and the other ones are all sleeping. And it just kind of made me laugh that that would even be an experiment that 
high school kids would be allowed to do. Like right now, you're like, oh yeah, what do you want to do, son? You want yeah, you want to get a whole bunch of animals drunk? Sure, go ahead and do that. That sounds like a great science experiment. You know, like I'd have uh, the teachers calling us and maybe the police here or something. I'm not sure, quite sure. But uh, anyways, that made me laugh. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, that when you brought that up, I actually started thinking about it. I was like, I kind of had the same thought. I was like, one, you know. You know, were the parents okay with the kids having access to the alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, you'd have like, you know, human or animal rights people coming after yeah. you for, for intoxicating those animals. Yeah, and everything. exactly. So I'm like, what kind of school is this where they even also, you know, what kind of school is it where they yeah. allow that kind of uh, testing to go on? But another great part of the, the, that fair that we were talking about was just um, Mitch's inter- uh, parents. So, you know, Mitch is this, you know, you you could imagine he, he's 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 a 15 year old that got into genius yeah basically in a, a, a university that's equivalent of like MIT or Caltech um, which Caltech is where the movie's kind of based off of um, uh, parts of that particular university but you know his parents are you know they don't understand anything he's talking about at all <laughs> and even Professor Hathaway is just like. What are these really your parents? Like, where did this come from? Yeah, his dad tries to get a signing bonus, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like, he thinks he's getting recruited, like he plays uh, NCAA football. He's like, "So uh, my son gets a signing bonus for this, right?" And then he wants to go get a beer and a hamburger, and then the mom just she's worried about his hair looking proper or whatever, you know? Like they're both so clueless on what's happening. He's he's you know got the khakis, you know, with the the plaid button-up short sleeve shirt tucked in, you know, what you would kind of expect yeah. to of a of somebody kind of like that. Typical typical 80s for uh what I guess you would describe a nerd or whatever in the 80s. That's yeah. like typical in every single 80s movie you see. That's like the same generic outfit across the board. Yeah. But I think <laughs> as the movie goes on, you, you kind of realize how clever it is and um just uh, how well written it is, as, as well as just the the soundtrack to it is is really great. That's one thing that stood out to me. Uh, but Definitely. we're yeah, we we're talking about it, and I'll like kind of get into it a little bit more. But just you know, this is not probably a role, or I would say it's not a role that Val Kilmer really cares to talk about or anything like that. But I think he did real well in it. Yeah, as far as this role, it made me like him more, and wish he would have done more movies of that style. You know, just kind of more light lighthearted and just more fun movies yeah but yeah going back to the music part um, one of the very beginning notes i had and was uh intro music as the as the movie was starting and immediately as soon as the music started i sat up and i was like all right here we go i already like the movie we're starting off we're starting off right you know with the uh with the music playing and then uh also i wrote on here i put uh the schematics were cool um just uh, a lot of movies you don't they're just kind of boring the intros to it might have some music might just just be random whatever showing some park or downtown or something but uh i liked it It was a schematic for a lot of different like inventions and motors and just all kinds of cool stuff and you know it's just the drawings and all these type things and plans and all those things so i thought that was pretty cool um and you got to listen to the music because it showed a lot so it was a nice long intro so i was like all right that started me off so it started you off before I met anybody in the movie, I was already kind of in a happy mood and going, "All right, cool. That's kind of cool. I wonder yeah. if we're going to see see them build something sweet like that or whatever." And you know, sure enough, they do end up building a badass laser. Yeah. So yeah, so I thought it was it was cool. Just the from the beginning, I thought the movie was started off really good. And yeah, and I think it, uh, like I said before, it, it's real clever. Just some of the things that they've done. Um, 
there are the hijinks, but unlike the last movie we reviewed, with Revenge of the Nerds, is like this is a movie you could actually watch with your kids. I mean, um, I wouldn't go down really young, but I think if you've got some kids, maybe you know eight or up, that they'll they'll get parts of it. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about it. It's it's really cool how and something I wish I I, I would really like to try is how he had the frozen liquid nitrogen in a cylinder the exact diameter of a quarter, and he'd sit there and cut it every morning and use it as a quarter to get coffee out of the coffee machine in the snack bar. Yeah, so That was awesome. I thought that was real clever, and then also creating the ice skating ring <laughs> in, in the... In the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that was really cool. I was like, man, that would have been so awesome uh, to do that. You can imagine, especially as a kid watching that. Going, man, that's awesome. Also, speaking of kids, I'm going to go ahead and... Um, as a parent of two beautiful children i do not agree with the eight-year-old should watch this because there's still a party scene with women and blah blah i would say maybe let's wait till they're about 12 about the beautician scene (laughs) yeah let's wait till at least 12 uh if you yeah at least 12 of them and even then maybe watch it before and just make sure i mean they didn't show any nudity but there was a lot of implied stuff and a lot of making out and Body it's shaking. It's only about and, five minutes of the movie, but I completely forgot. But yeah, about yeah. That see, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, as a father of two and a beautiful, beautiful little girl, I say wait till they're older before you let them watch this. <laughs> I think the movie is maybe PG thirteen though. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Is it? I'm not sure. I know it is definitely not rated R. So. Um, yeah, they didn't drop. I don't think they dropped an F bomb in this movie, did they? No, there's no, no there's a couple at all. Was there then? Not that I'm uh, aware of. Yeah, I don't really remember but um, if there was uh, much customer. Oh, PG. It was PG. Oh, was it PG? Well, the, the standards are a little different back in the <laughs> 80s compared to now. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, 12, 13 maybe just because of that scene. But, yeah, uh, yeah other than that, yeah, I mean, there was no problem with it. I mean, if we were watching it, we were seven. So. Yeah. But one of, I would say one of my favorite characters, and you get a life lesson out of it, is uh, Laszlo, who's played by John uh, Greer's, uh, an actor, you know, I didn't realize who he was in this movie. And then I started looking him up and realized this guy has probably had the longest and most decorated career of uh, anyone that was in this film. Um, uh, he's been in quite a lot of stuff and is still going. Um, I think he even has a new series on HBO that's on right now. Um, that's cool. But <clears throat> just his character and how they went into it. And it's kind of a life lessons that you can take, whether it's, you know, your student in school or, you know, your, your parent, your daily life. Um, his character basically, you know, took his studies way too seriously and eventually he cracked. And that kind of rolls into Val Kilmer's character, Chris, where, you know, he's the top dog on campus, the smartest guy. But he's kind of basically let his, you know, coursework lax because he saw what happened to Laszlo. Because Laszlo basically lives underneath the, the dormitory that they live in via a passage through Chris and Mitch's closet in their dorm room. But I think it's a great lesson just not to take things too seriously. There's more important things in life than your studies and work. You know, you, you got your family, your friends, and they, they help bring you joy. So I, that was a, a definitely a good lesson learned in regards to that. Anything you got to add on Laszlo? No, um, I mean that guy. Like you said, I don't, I don't. You said his name. I don't really know his name. I already forgot it. But I've seen him in tons of things. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Hey, that's the guy that was in that movie. One of the movies in this movie, in that movie, whatever." I was like, "I've seen this guy in everything." Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I think the story, 
that's what the whole movie's about is basically this guy right here i think it all boils yeah. down to the story the, the story of this guy and how we're all if we don't pay attention that you know i think that's what the movie's saying is that, that we're all heading to that path you know where we're yeah. going to be like burn ourselves down we're too stressed out about work or school or family life whatever it is and we're taking it way too serious and we're not enjoying these little moments that we have and and you, you end up burning yourself out and you go crazy and then you lock yourself in a steam room underneath a university yeah. because you just said screw life screw everything i'm gonna sit down here and just freaking live in this hole because it's much easier than dealing with all the stress yeah and i think another lesson um you know is from that is when you get that hyper focused you you may lose track of you know your values and things like that and i think that's where that rolls into where mitch and chris are taken advantage of by Professor Hathaway, played by William Atherton, kind of the protagonist in this movie, and he's been in a lot of stuff as well. You know, if you're familiar with the Die Hard movies, he was uh, the reporter that, you know, got punched in the face by, you know, uh, McLean's wife in the first one and then tased by her in the second one. <laughs> he's also the guy that released all the all the uh, ghosts, ghosts the and Ghostbusters, the original. So he's been around quite a bit as well. Um but yeah, I think it, it's you know they lose focus. They're they're more worried about it, especially when you know Professor Hathaway, you know, kind of black or I guess you could say blackmail or take takes advantage of Chris with, you know, basically stopping his ability to graduate. Um, if they don't build the laser. If, yeah, you know, if they don't build this laser, and of course this is all still before, you know, they knew what the whole purpose of that actual laser was for. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think that's also another good lesson uh, that came from this particular movie in regards to it. Um, one tidbit, uh, I would say, is when they do finally get their revenge at the end of the movie, um, there is a scene with a ton of popcorn. <laughs> and one thing I learned about this movie in there is um, it actually took them three months to pop all that popcorn. It's crazy. So, uh, you know, and you'll, you'll see it in the movie, but it's a lot of popcorn. Well, it's funny that you say that because as I was watching, I was like, damn, that's a lot of popcorn. And I was like, oh, they probably just CGI'd it. And I was like, wait, this is 1985. They didn't CGI it, yeah. you know? And then uh, I was watching it, and the more and more and the longer that scene went, I was like, damn, dude, that's a lot of freaking popcorn. I was like, I wonder how much damn popcorn they had to stuff in that house and shoot it out everywhere because, you know, it's crazy. But um, kind of taking a couple steps back, though, to the professor before they got their revenge on him and him being a total dick you know, to them and using them. It kind of shows that, I mean, I got, he was a dick, but also on him too. And they showed it. He had the military guys basically threatening him going, Hey, yeah. if you didn't do it. And you know, that kind of sucks that nothing happened to the military guys. You yeah. know, I was like, dude, they're the ones basically threatening this guy. They're going to take his career away and screw up his whole life. If yeah. he doesn't do this. And it's something that he said was going to take originally. Yeah. It's going to take this many years or whatever. And they're like, Hey, we want it by the end of June. And you know, yeah. in the movie, you're just assuming that, this is, um, I don't know, when is it? It's the beginning of the year, so it's like September or something. Yeah. So I guess they basically wanted about six months. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I think at the beginning of the movie they're talking about it's going to be a couple years or yeah. whatever until they got to what they needed. And I was like, so right there I wrote in the premise, I was like, man, I was like, hold on, how are they going to do this this fast with some kids? And Yeah, I mean, that, another lesson there from that I guess you could take is, you know, be careful who you do business with and yeah. get in the bed with. So, yeah, I mean, for sure. It, it may sound good, all, all good up front, but you never know what's going to happen after that. Um, but yeah, that popcorn scene, yeah, that was three months to get all that damn popcorn in there. 
And they also had to treat it with flame retardant so it wouldn't catch on fire. And they had to put something else on there so keep the birds away. When I, yeah, at the end of the night, or at the end of the that scene, they finally had all the kids running there in the movie. Yeah. And Joe, I was like, man, look at all those people. And I was like, if I was one of those kids, I would just run. I was watching. I was like, man, I would just take off. And at the end, I was like, oh, I was happy that they let all the kids go in and like dive into it and like do snow angels inside of it and those type things. Yeah, so that, that was cool. That was a really good part of the movie uh, as well. I think it was cool. I was also reading that um, they actually, the show Mythbusters, tried, tried to replicate that scene. And, and unfortunately, they found that that is not physically possible to basically do what they did with popcorn. But I mean, the thought of it is nice, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Wait, which part? Like the house messing up? The actual house, you know, uh, being filled with all the popcorn from the laser. Yeah. So they, they actually tried to simulate that, but unfortunately did not happen. So uh, a few other characters in this movie um, I thought were interesting. The, the love interest of Mitch, uh, how awkward she is, and she's just... <laughs> Kind of funny, just her awkwardness and everything. But I think that kind of plays to you know the premise of the movie. It's 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 a university where uh, there's a lot of really smart people, maybe not the best social skills. Uh, I thought it was funny. You know, I had a roommate a long time ago, and he was actually you know uh, interviewing to go to MIT or taking a tour of MIT, and he's like, he he went in there and he was like, "There's no way I could have attended there. Is is nothing but you know awkward male." Uh, students there that just really didn't have the social skills and that's not quite him he's a really smart guy but he also has those social skills that um so that that he he you know he's a sociable guy let's yeah, just put yeah. it that way but he wouldn't have survived in that environment but it, <laughs> i think they really played well to that in this particular movie as you see that there are several breakdowns for <laughs> some of the characters within the movie right so um Another tidbit about the movie I thought was interesting, you know, they actually looked at making a, a television series of this. I, I would assume it'd probably be almost like Big Bang Theory if you really thought about it. Um, so maybe that's why they didn't actually go through with it. Yeah. It's because Big Bang Theory was out, but that was around 2014 in regards to that uh, as well. Uh, but again, uh, I can't stress enough, you know, it's a movie that holds the test of time. It's real clever. It wasn't one of those big blockbusters. Uh, Kenneth and I agree. We think it's one of Val Kilmer's good movies. It was a $8 million budget, I think, is what yeah. I saw, and it grossed, I think, worldwide at a little over 12. Yeah. Like 12.2 so, or something like that. But, you know, uh, if you've ever seen the, the if you've seen the, the documentary Val, which, you know, it's, it's an interesting movie. I, I take it with a grain of salt because it's coming from one particular viewpoint. Um, you kind of get an idea why maybe Val Kilmer doesn't talk that much about this movie. He's one of those uh, true actors, actors, method actors getting into it. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees this as maybe one of those movies that is maybe a little bit beneath his craft. But from an entertainment perspective, I think, I think it's really good. I think it holds up the test of time as well. And, you know, I think they, they, did, they did a real good job with it, you know, just bringing out the movie. Anything else you got? You want to add to it? No, I will say it was a uh, twelve point nine, almost thirteen. Million yeah, is what it made. So no. Um, I wonder what that is in today's dollars. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we well, we don't want to think that hard today. It already <laughs> it already took like an hour and a half of technical difficulties to get this episode going. <laughs> I will say, uh, just kind of going back through it. So you know, they go in the whole middle part of it. Um, 
the kid kind of figuring out, you know, figuring out who he is or whatever. You know, he's 15, so he's way younger than everybody else in there. But you see him kind of from when he first steps in there to to the end of the movie. He had a big transformation in just that six months, you know. And, yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, as a kid, putting yourself in that younger, watching this as a younger kid, especially if you were a preteen or teen, I bet you this was a... You know, it's probably a really good movie to watch and didn't relate to at the time. Maybe, yeah. especially back in the '80s when there wasn't a lot of stuff and nobody really cared about the way you felt about anything. You know, it was a little yeah. harder times that, uh, you know, I'm sure it helped some kids relate. You know, like, hey, I'm not the only one. They made a story about what I'm going through. It may not be MIT or yeah. Caltech, but you know, it's the shit that I'm going through too. So, uh, so, so I like that uh, through the middle part. I liked his progression of uh, Mitch of Val Comer's character. Uh, I just like. I thought. I thought he did great, dude. I thought Val was great in this. I thought it was a great Val Kilmer movie. It makes me sad that he didn't make more happy, funny, stupid movies like this. Because yeah, yeah he's a great actor. I really. I've always liked him. But seeing this, I'm like, man, you could have done a few more movies like that that were just funny movies. You know, just yeah. to add to your uh, catalog of shit you did. You know, and yeah. and he was he was a freaking handsome son of a bitch, man. He's a handsome guy in this movie, <laughs> like super handsome. It's like a you know, before Top Gun. So yeah, this came out just Top a Gun. year before Top Gun did. Yeah, yeah. so he's young. He's still young. He's super shaved. He's handsome. He's got nice hair. He's like, he's a nice, like, you gotta a handsome guy. Go, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, I was like, he's a handsome guy, man. He should have, uh, he should have done more stuff like this because, like, not a lot of people know who the hell Val Comer is, you know? Yeah. He's a good actor. Like, he I think he had a better, I don't know. Yeah, if you if you uh, I agree with you. I, I think if you like I said, if you watch that documentary on Amazon Val, you'll understand probably why he didn't do a lot of that. Like I said, he's he's a he's one of those method actors that yeah. he 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 really likes to get deep into roles and things like that. And but but yeah, I thought it was great. You know, uh, one other scene I think I left out that I forgot about was with Laszlo at the very end. Um, throughout the movie, there's like little little tidbits where he's he's just entering every sweepstake out there and i've always thought after seeing that you know would i do it i just don't want to take the time to do it as much as he did but he basically you know you have all these little sweepstakes that you know a lot of food companies do where you can enter as many times as you want there's no charge to enter and he ended up winning like two-thirds of the prizes yeah he did, no, no, he did yeah he did the math so it was 31.9 percent of the prizes if he did it he should have went around 32%, and then what came out at the end yeah. was 31.9, but he had a brand new, like, Winnebago RV. RV trailer, like a brand new one, filled with, when they opened the inside of it, just full filled with all kinds of free shit, and then he was pulling a trailer with, like, a brand new refrigerator, you know, washer and dryer, all kinds of crap, and he was like, he told him, he was like, yeah, well, I entered, uh, and I ended up winning this much percentage of it, and I was like, damn, that's really is genius, I was like, that's awesome, and then I, I saw that it was, a. Uh, that story is based off of a true story that some students did that. Um, I think it was at Caltech, maybe is where I read it earlier. But um, some students did that. Uh, and, sweepstakes? Yeah. Oh, wow. So they actually, so that's from a true story. So oh, okay. they did it, and they won, I think, I forgot where it was where I read it. I was reading it on one of the sites. I forgot where it was. But they um, they won a few thousand. It was a few thousand dollars in cash. It was like a car. Um and I forgot how much and thousands worth of prizes and stuff like that. Okay. And like, and food. <laughs> so it was like free food at, um, cause it was, um, was it McDonald's or something? It was some. it was like something like that. It was a fast food place. I don't know which one exactly, but, yeah. um, 
But anyway, I, I'd have to go back and find the story. But anyways, uh, yeah, so it was a, they won a few thousand dollars. Oh, here it is, here it is. Um, yeah, it was McDonald's sweepstakes. Their entries came to roughly one-fifth of the total entries and won them a station wagon, $3,000 cash, $1,500 in food gift certificates for McDonald's. <laughs> so they got that just for entering a bunch of entries. So that's kind of cool. So that, that actual scene was based on, oh, cool. uh, on a true story. So that's pretty neat. But That's awesome. Well, I know they did a lot of rewrites on the script before they did it, so that's pretty cool. But I know they also did a lot of research as well in the lasers and things like that. You know, obviously they had to embellish some stuff, but, yeah. you know, it's a movie. It's yeah. supposed to be fun. But no, I, again, um, we definitely encourage you to, to see it. You know, it's available out there for rent. You may be able to find it free in some places as well. Um, but again, it's Real Genius with Val Kilmer, you know, released back in 1985. So we hope you enjoyed this uh, latest review. If you have any suggestions or anything, you know, we're on Twitter. We're also on uh, Instagram. So hit us up on those if you have any suggestions. Uh, I think that's about it. You want to take us out? Yeah. Um, until next time, we're out of 5,000, G.